0: Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Poppitz, and welcome to the fourth Sunday of Lent, or this will be for the week of March 11th, 2018. Welcome back. And if it's your first time here, welcome. We discuss and kind of go through the different readings of the ELCA for the upcoming week, and just kind of talk about them and think about them in a kind of a science perspective, something that could possibly be used as a leader in the church. And so I'm really excited this week. I think there's some really interesting insights we can kind of get into and divulge from this. I would also say if you haven't checked into last week's podcast, this there's some definite things that kind of overlap from last week. So I definitely ch- uh, encourage you to check that out. If you haven't, I can give you... Feel free to shoot me an email. I can make sure that you have that content. But before we really get into it, I want to just bring up a couple housekeeping things. First and foremost, if you didn't check in last week, at the end of the podcast, I kind of talked about how there's a couple things on the horizon that I'm hoping to come out with to be able to make this a more shareable, easier to use podcast, and I'm still working on them. I'm hoping, hoping maybe by the end of the month I can kind of release what some of this stuff is. I'm really excited. Uh, I think this is going to really be able to make this more of a community, and that's one of the biggest things that I'm kind of striving for. So if you haven't reached out, if you haven't told me feedback, suggestions, I love it. It helps me make my be able to make this a better podcast for you. That's what I'm trying to do. And so I'm excited about the possibilities of what's been going on. I've been talking with a couple different creative people about some different things, and I'm super, super excited. And i'm just containing all of what i'm trying to do second of all if you haven't checked out working preacher i'd highly 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 recommend checking it out this week it's a great resource for preachers or leaders in the church in general there's tons of great information one of the things i really like is that there's commentaries for each week which gives me a lot of direction since i'm not an ordained minister but also this week, I would highly recommend checking out the Sermon Brainwaves podcast. It's great content, great content from great people. Matt Skinner, Caroline Lewis, Rolf Jacobson do a great job of being able to kind of bring up and posture questions to kind of help people direct sermons. But there's a lot of good information they put in. And for this one, I'm using a lot of information that they brought up in the 2018 podcast for this this lectionary text but also the 2015 and that's the beautiful thing with Ricking preacher is that their sermon braidways podcast has been up now for 10 years so if you if you're thinking ahead and you're trying to find something that's not really working that well go back to an older one and there's still a lot of great information that can be just absorbed from those it's a great great resource i can't recommend it enough But as we get into that, I will say this week I think is a super fun week, and I'm going to probably be ignoring mostly one of the biggest verses in Scripture this week because I brought it up a little bit last week. But the gospel text this week, we're staying in John. It's John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. I'm not going to talk a ton about John three sixteen. I talked a little bit about it last week. I'm going to be, f- so it's, again, it's where Nicodemus is talking to Jesus, kind of questioning and asking some things about his ministry and what he's doing, trying to understand things. Jesus kind of like, how don't you understand this? But in verse 14, he brings up just as... Ju- uh, just as Moses lifted the serpent up in the wilderness, so son, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, which is a reference to our Old Testament reading from Numbers, verses twenty, uh, chapter twenty-one, verses four through nine, which we'll get to in a moment. But we're going to be focusing a lot on the back half of this, especially verses nineteen through twenty-one, which is this, and I'll get we'll get into it. But it's this kind of weird text kind of discussing light and darkness and the people not wanting to come from out of the darkness into the light I think there's some interesting things from science we can kind of dig into a little bit with that but like I mentioned the Old Testament reading or the first reading is from Numbers uh, chapter 21 verses 4 through 9 and this is where we get the story of Moses walking through the desert with the israelites and they're getting bit by poisonous snakes and they're dying and the people are crying out and so moses prays to the god they get this kind of weird actual idol thing that moses has the build of a serpent on a bronze on a pole a serpent of bronze put on a pole and that whenever someone's bit they look to the bronze serpent and they live kind of an interesting story a couple little notes i'll kind of mention on that Uh, Kind of some more Bible study-like notes that I picked up from Sermon Brainways podcast, but they're kind of fun. Uh, Psalms this week, we're in Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 and 17 through 22. And this is one, if you've been raised with kind of the traditional lectionary text, there's a couple distinct verses in here that will kind of sound familiar that you end up having Uh, said over the years. So kind of this, again, this beautiful psalm kind of just talking about how much the love of Christ just kind of fills in where we fall apart. It's about where we'll go with that for this week. And the New Testament reading is from... Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 and this is kind of where I want to use as a springboard so I'm going to come back to this in just one second springboarding into the main topic for this week so if we go back to the Old Testament reading I'm going to call this the fun facts I picked up from the Sermon Brainwaves podcast that are kind of fun facts so starting in verse 4 where we from Mount Hor. Do you know what the Hebrew word for mount is? Whore. So it's literally from mount mount if you would we fully translated it out. So again, I thought that was kind of funny. That's as best as it's going to get on this podcast. The second thing is, though, I think it's a little bit, I think a little deeper. When we start looking at the snakes and when you're translating it out of the Hebrew, we start getting into seraphim for poisonous snakes. So poisonous seraphim, which if seraphim sounds familiar, it's talked about in the New Testament. We have the cherubim and seraphim angels. Cherubim being lions, so seraphim being essentially snakes with wings. Little bit freaky, but hear me out. The reason that this is kind of important when we're when we're talking about the poisonous snakes and this is coming from the Sermon Brainwaves podcast, they're the burning snakes the poison burns when the venom hits your skin so that these israelites they're going through these these painful thing and then we're having this this life being brought out of it but i think of also as we're as we're moving forward and coming again on this side of the cross when we are talking about cherubim and seraphim angels seraphim snakes were like the causers of the first sin and and it's easy for us because of people like c.s lewis The sea god is like a lion a big powerful creature but then serpents that they have been punished and then they shall crawl in their bellies for the rest of their life and yet we have this this talking about how they can still be risen up how Christ, you know, being part of us, being us as like broken people can be still raised up. And I thought it was kind of an interesting, fun fact, maybe a fun Bible study type of thing we could you could really dive into. And I just couldn't pass it up. But going back to the Ephesians reading, this is the one I think that that really is interesting, kind of gets the wheels turning a little bit for this week. I'm going to start with the last verse for we are what he has made us created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So he's talking about Christ being in our life. And as we, before I really take the big springboard, I want to with this, you have to realize with this text, the first three verses are talking about what it's like before Christ enters our lives. And then the 4 through 10 is talking about how Christ comes in and because of how he saves us, it, it changes us. So I'm going to go based off of what we talked about then in verse 10. So I'm going to read verse 10 again and then I'm going to read verse 3. And there's one word that I'm going to say straight the first time and I'm going to change it then the second time. So just so it's straight, I read verse 10, then I'm going to read verse 3 essentially twice in a row. For we are what he has made us, created in Jesus, Christ Jesus, for good works, which God has prepared beforehand to be our way of life. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. We all of us once walked among them. In the passions of our flesh, following the desires of the flesh and senses, and were by children of wrath like everyone else. And the reason I read those back to back, and the one word I changed the second time was "lived" to "walked." Caroline Lewis talked about in the podcast that you could literally translate that into "walk." And so, what is this getting at? This is getting at that Christ being in our lives literally changes the way we go about our lives, the way we walk, the way we do things, walk, talk, the way we go about our lives. And I think it's kind of an interesting way to think about this. And I think it leads really, really well into starting at verse 19 of the gospel text. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and the people love darkness rather than light because of their deeds were evil for all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their de- deeds may not be exposed but those who do what is true come to the light so that they may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God A lot to grapple with there And so it's this idea of this light and darkness contrast. But you're asking, Tyler, how are you going to get to science and what are you talking about with all this? And I'm going to actually talk about the most basic part for us with light is sight. See, if you remember back to last week and I talk about the world and all creation and all of that, the thing we often forget and i actually have to shout out a friend of mine from college jen who sent me something as i was working through this talking about vision in birds and if you don't know we are trichromatic animals essentially meaning that we have a uh, three cones that each help with a specific wave of color so for us humans we have blue green and red and when we have one rod so it helps us kind of see black and white this is on a very basic level i'll attach some links in the uh, email kind of talking about some of the different resources if you're wanting to learn more about this birds have at least four cones And the one additional cone that they get, and there might be a little variances with exactly colors they see, but they can see UV light. And birds aren't the only animal. There's some fish that might be able to see up to five spectrums of light, so pentachromatic. And it's, I think, a very interesting thing for us to think about, you know, especially when you were a child, you probably thought about showing your things to your dog or your cat. I'm sorry, they probably couldn't see it the same way you could. They're dichromatic, so they only have two spectrums of cones that can see. So just, again, to help you if you kind of zoned out in that part of biology. So you have rods, which, again, help with black and white. And the more it helps you with being able to pick up changes. So that's where a lot of, like rabbits, for instance, have eyes on the sides of their head. So they don't see as much depth. That's why they stand really, really still when they think something's moving to be able to see because they don't have depth perception, which is hard to imagine. But they see more. So they see like 180 degrees where we don't quite see that way. But they also then they have lots of cones so they can notice the differences that are kind of approaching in a black and white picture. So, they don't have where they're picking up colors. Whereas, dogs and dogs, I just based off the videos I was re watching to get prepared for this, so you see a lot of blues and they see a lot of like brown yellows. And again, I'll link some of those videos below. So, they don't see the same bursts of color we do. And the reason I even got into this is they were talking about birds like European starlings or like black birds, or things that you would see that, oh, they look kind of blah. Birds don't see it that way. Birds, because of the UV light, can see different bands of light that we don't see, so suddenly they're able to tell a male and a female apart and different species apart that maybe are really hard for us because they're seeing additional color. Really kind of interesting little article there to check out. And it got me thinking about this and actually digging through college notes to remember where the heck an animal, where's my animal behavior notes and where is that stuff talking about how we're perceiving light. And and it's been fun kind of digging back into this and thinking about this, that we don't all see light the same way. Even people don't see the light the same way. Colorblindness is a thing. And talking about how just essentially... A lot of colorblindness can be simply a genetic mutation that suddenly it's not working. Uh, actually, there, there's some decent proponents based on that most primates don't have trichromatic or being able to see the spectrum of colors we do. Uh, that it's a, it's a later mutation that came in that humans are able to even see through, see all these colors. Very interesting. But. There's a basic part of this that as I dove into this deeper and was thinking about how, you know, this is an easy thing to talk about, how God probably sees in all this stuff and he can just see all these amazing things that we can't see and we only see a small picture of what even nature can see and God can see so much even more than that. And there's a there's a sermon there that you can talk about. But I thought about this also is there's the simple basics of how we actually see. Now, again, to give you a little bit more of my background, if you don't know, I spent a year working for a solar company. And and solar companies, you start getting into talking about light, pretty obviously there, and photons of light, which essentially is little energy packets from the sun, uh, that that's how the solar panels work. You you have the energy coming from the sun and that you're having these Big panels to help collect if you're make, doing electricity or, in other cases, help warm water or whatever you're using your solar technology for. But in all of this, photons, for us, we know all about. We see them all the See it all the time, quite literally, and we just don't realize it. It's how we actually let light into our eyes as the photons come in. It's traveling light, moving in, and that our brain is then making it into a neurological signal so that we can process and see pictures. So we literally need the light. Literally. For us to be able to see, we have to have some type of light. We can't live in the darkness, we can't see. So, for us, for the people who love the darkness rather than the light, you know, we it's counterintuitive. Because we can't survive in pure darkness. We wouldn't be able to see. You suddenly, you know, even a blind man can still tell the difference between light and, and night. So there's some type of photons getting into their brain so that they can understand that. If that is fully turned off, they have a very difficult time living, with, especially without the help of others. So why is it then that when we are in the dark, when we have caused sin, why is it that we don't want to walk into the light? And I actually I had a great sermon today from a pastor up at Adventure Church in Siren, Wisconsin. Again, I'll link their stuff down below. Really interesting guy, high energy. He was talking about friendships and community and how important that is in a church. And it got me thinking of when I, as I was planning this, that's exactly why. When we walk out into the light, we feel exposed. We see every wrinkle, every pimple, every scar, every, everything wrong with us, all the dirt. And we feel like there's times when we walk out into the light in front of God all by ourselves. And we don't feel that there's anyone else there with us. And if you look at it, what is this time of Lent? Jesus is processing to go and die so that we can walk out there in faith. But the other aspect to it is, is not even Jesus did it alone. Jesus had his 12 and, or if you want to call it 11, disciples walking with him. Making sure, you know, they didn't understand fully what he was doing, but he wasn't walking it alone. Faith is not meant to be walked alone. Faith is meant to be walked in a community. Faith is meant to be having that we all walk into the light together. We all let our irises go from super wide to super tiny to let in less light because of how we don't need it as much. That's a whole other thing. The amazing thing about your eyes and how they're able to adjust, if you've ever had your eyes dilated, you know exactly what I mean. That our eyes just naturally do that. Our eyes naturally open up bigger looking for light. Looking for it. And so when we step into the light that, it sh- that they're shrinking down because it's an- we're getting blasted with the amount of light as we stepped into it. Christ wants us to step into the light. Christ wants us to so that we can start to understand and see things differently. An example of this, another biological example, is if you've ever seen a blue jay, very common bird here in North America, and if you look at a blue jay, and I wouldn't blame you, it's perceived that the colors are blue, a little bit of black around the edges, and white. But if you ever find a blue jay feather, it's black. It's all black. When they're all together, they perceive something totally different. We as a faith community, we as a church, we as the body, if you're going to reference even into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we each have a role to play. We each have a, We each are a different body part. Some of us do things better than others. That's why we need each other. Because we can't do it all on our own. We shouldn't be stepping into the light on our own. We shouldn't be exposing all our scars and and dirt and all our flaws, all our sin by ourselves. We need to be exposing that together. That's the point of it. And just because we're hiding in the darkness doesn't mean it's not being seen. Just because maybe other people aren't seeing it, God sees things differently. God uses different spectrums of light that we probably can't perceive or understand at all. He sees it all. He is the light that we need to be able to move at all. So as we're in this time of reflection, in this time of Lent, it's so important for us to know that that's, that's what he is doing. That's why when we're looking at like the text here in John, why it's so important that he is the light of the world and that's to even reference back to last week that's why to me why it's so important what he lo- so loved the world that means everything in it that means us in my opinion taking some type of conservation stance and trying to look in and, and being respectful and responsible with our resources but I would also argue, if, if you're having trouble with this, this is where the psalm steps in so beautifully this week. Oh, give thanks for, to the Lord, for he, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. He is there. He loves us so much. He is surrounding us with his love. He wants you to know that. He's trying to show that even in how you see that you literally need the light in order to see. So again, I want to thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you haven't given me feedback or if it's been a while, I love hearing feedback. It makes my job easier, (laughs) believe it or not, so that I know what's being helpful, what's being useful. How are you using this? I'd love to hear that or if there's things that you think would be better is there certain things that you wish I would cover Tyler I'd love you to do a deep dive on light well I'll see maybe that's something that you want I'd love to hear that I'm trying to make this for you guys and as for me I'm learning just as much as you guys are with doing this so again I thank you for this I thank you for tuning in and listening and I'll wrap it up the way we always do I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.